So in an evening worship, we're looking at the person of the Holy Spirit. We've done that for a couple of weeks, and we're going to be doing it for quite a while as we look uh, into His life, into His character, uh, into His life, and also uh, His role and uh, what it means uh, to, to have the Holy Spirit in our lives. We recognize Him as God, don't we? We see Him uh, as uh, the third person, the Trinity, God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and equal in power and in glory with the Father, the same in substance. Now, what I want to do this evening, what we're going to look specifically at this evening, is His role uh, as a revealer, okay, uh, inspirer, uh, or teacher. And uh, we're going to look at two things uh, with respect to the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And the first uh, is that seeing that He's the divine author of the Bible. Now, this kind of, they are basic truths, but very important truths. In other words, He's the one who brings life to the Bible. Uh, he, is, he has breathed life into it. It's God's Word, and uh, it's a living Word, and uh, the Holy Spirit uh, is uh, integral and uh, uh, critical in the inspiration of Scripture. And also, the second thing is He's, he's the divine revealer of truth. So, not only does His Word uh, or does He bring life through the Word, but He brings light uh, as He teaches and illuminates that Word to us. So, these are the two things we're going to be looking at uh, this evening with respect to the person of the Holy Spirit, and applying that, I hope, to our own lives and hearts. So, He's the divine author of the Bible. Um, we read in Second Timothy 3, very famous uh, verse, verse 16, "'All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable.'" for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and training in righteousness. The man or the person of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So, the Bible, the Scripture, is breathed out uh, by God. The, uh, the breath of God, the Spirit of God, is uh, what makes the Bible living and authoritative and u- uh, unique among all the books that have ever been written uh, in the world. There's roughly, I'm told, uh, uh, by that great source of all knowledge, Google, that there is uh, around 130 billion, uh, million uh, books been written since the printing press in 1440. And um, in, among all these books, the Bible is completely uh, and utterly unique. It stands alone. So the fact that we have the Bible this evening, or reading the Bible, uh, is a significant uh, reality for us because it's a unique book that we have, because it's breathed out. All Scripture is God-breathed, is Spirit-breathed. It comes from God's breath. It is given by God, a book of divine origin uh, that the Holy Spirit was integral in uh, being involved in its composition. In Second Peter uh, 1, 2021, it says, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things, for prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets, though human, spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. I'll say a little bit more about that in a moment. But the context of that is Peter is speaking to uh, those to whom he's writing, and he's saying that they were eyewitnesses of uh, the glory of God that they were those who saw what Jesus had done. They saw Him on the Mount of Transfiguration. It's not stories they'd made up. It was fact. It was true. And He then uh, 
goes on to speak about uh, the Holy Spirit uh, breathing life into what they had recorded uh, and what they had seen primarily. It speaks of the Scripture that was uh, written in the Old Testament. But we know that in Second Peter, for example, uh, he calls Paul's letter Scripture. So, there's this recognition that the, the work and the, the uh, message that was brought by the apostles and by Paul were, were to become Scripture, both the Old and the New Testament. Uh, and, and it's that Scripture which uh, Jesus spoke of in John uh, saying it cannot be broken. So, there's this recognition that what God has uh, inspired and brought through the New Testament writers and through the Old Testament writers is uniquely a God's Word that cannot be broken. He is, as we know, and as we've seen in our various studies, He's the Spirit of truth, John 16. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will only speak what He hears. He will tell you what is yet to come. And in that whole passage in John, you've got the idea of a Trinitarian involvement, a Trinitarian Word being brought to, the, to ultimately to our hearts from the Father, uh, through the Son, and uh, by means of the Holy Spirit given to us. And so, the, the Bible is His inspired Word, it's breathed out by God, and that is the work of the Holy Spirit. And we remind ourselves that that then makes God's Word infallible. It's true. It's not exhaustive. It doesn't tell us all truth, but uh, the truth that it tells us is absolutely accurate. It is the account of God's redemptive historical work, a word that Jesus had confident in, confidence in. And uh, we recognize that it's a complete book in itself. Uh, and within that, then, we recognize that it's a progressive revelation, and that's important to know. We also recognize that it's a book which interprets itself as it's inspired by the Spirit of God. And we recognize that it gives us all that we need to know. Not about everything, but it gives us all we need to know about living, uh, following, being saved, and coming to, coming to know and following Jesus Christ. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through the knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness, Second Peter 12. So it gives us, it's exactly what we need. Uh, the Spirit has, assured, has made sure that that is the case, that the Bible has just in not too much and not too little. It's exactly right. It's exactly what we need. And it's infallible uh, as God's Word uh, brings truth to us. But of course, it's truth that comes through, holy, uh, through human authors. And that's important to recognize. Uh, that passage uh, that I quoted earlier in Second Peter speaks about the Holy Spirit carrying uh, the authors along. And the, the word that's used there is the same word um, for a boat being moved uh, along by the wind uh, and it sails. Now, that, that's recognition that, you know, if a boat's going to be moved out of the sails, there's, there's, there's got to be people in the boat and they've got to be putting the sails up. But there's this sense in which it, the direction and the, the way it's going is carried by the power of the wind, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so, so we move away from the idea that it's like the Marie Celeste boat, which is empty of any kind of human involvement. The, uh, the inspiration of God isn't 
it doesn't make the people like celestial tape recorders. Uh, that's an old illustration. <laughs> no one have heard of a tape recorder anymore. Actually, the people over 70 are laughing. Uh, sorry, 50. Um, but it's, it's not like that. It's not, necess- it's not simply that uh, uh, the Spirit dictated uh, His truth to everyone, although there was instances when He did. But we recognize that the writers were still children and prophets of their own time. And so it's good and important for us as students of the Word, inspired by the Holy Spirit, to understand the context and the culture and the social and the spiritual background into which the Scriptures were written. That helps us understand. God expects us to use our minds so to do. They're not magically divine words. They are words that the Spirit of God inspired through the human authors. He worked through them. There was times when he dictated messages to them, thus says the Lord. There's times he wrote himself and the stones of the Ten Commandments. But there's other times that the Spirit inspires uh, authors to be carefully um, investigating uh, truth or to uh, organize things in certain ways, whether it's the writers to the Proverbs or Dr. Luke saying that he uh, witnessed, he interviewed many uh, different witnesses, eyewitnesses of Jesus, or whether it's through the poetic creativity of David or Asaph, or the wisdom of uh, Daniel, or the personalities of Peter or Paul, uh, or John, indeed, as we're seeing in, in 1 John, and his characteristic style of writing. But the Holy Spirit inspired them, oversaw them, governed what they were saying and what they wrote down, so that they said what He wanted them to say, so that these writers were bringing God's Word to us, so that we might be saved and God might be glorified. It, there's, so there's a redemptive theme from Genesis to Revelation, and there's a, there's a, a clear message, uh, a God-given message that comes through each of these authors uh, and binds them together. Uh, these 66 books by 40 authors over 1,500 years speak one message, speak one clear message of redemptive historical revelation uh, that uh, focuses on and uh, is uh, centered by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Great unity in that that comes from God's Spirit who oversees the Scripture. And because it's uh, inspired by God and because it is breathed out by the Holy Spirit, it's therefore self-attesting. You know, it, it, can't, it can't look to any higher authority to claim uh, its authenticity. It can't cite anything greater than itself. It is self-attesting at that level. Uh, the, we are convinced of its truthfulness uh, and by its claims because of the internal witness of the Holy Spirit. I'll say a little bit more about that later. Uh, and that seals its truthfulness and validity to us. But it, it, it is clearly a, an inspired book um, that is confident and comfortable in its own claims. Uh, the New Testament itself quotes the Old Testament as authoritative 900 times. Uh, and God, uh, God said or God spoken. 
is over 3,000 times in the, the Scriptures. It's its own self-attesting testimony uh, of the Word of God, from God, inspired by the Holy Spirit. So, the Scripture is divinely authored uh, and inspired by the Holy Spirit. Now, the implications, I'm sure, are many for that. I'm just going to say a couple. The first that we recognize that as it's unique, uh, uh, and it's uniquely from God, uh, and has this divine intentionality that's governed and overseen and given by the Holy Spirit, it must, we should treat it accordingly. We should treat it accordingly. We should value it greatly. It's great peril of rejecting or ignoring or adding to or taking away from Scripture. We might not add to it. Well, sometimes we do. Um, but maybe we're more prone to take away from it bits we don't like, bits we don't understand, bits that seem contradictory, bits that are out of date, bits that make us walk a different way to the world in which we live. We need to remember this incredible work of the Holy Spirit that is given specifically to us by the Holy Spirit, inspired for us, molded and governed and overseen for our lives, for our knowledge, for our salvation, and for our growth in grace. He takes the Word of the Father, and He makes it suitable for us and for our lives. So, as Christians, if we are Christians this evening, you need to know it and protect it and learn all about it and wrestle with it and, and wrestle with the difficult bits. Don't just ignore them or reject them or go for a, a quick Twitter-type snapshot every day. Don't just go for the, the easy uh, passages that we can grip but work through its truth. Listen for what it's saying, and recognize it's His living Word. It's, it's much more than, than simply a historical revelation. It is His ongoing living Word. It, it is good to contextualize. It is good to look at uh, the authors. It is good to see it in its original context but never to forget that it remains a living Word for today and a living Word from the living God inspired by the Holy Spirit. When we loosen our grip or we shrug our shoulders or we say God is wrong, we're listening to another spirit, and it's not God. And there's the recognition that we're in a spiritual battle uh, and there is one who will take the Word of God and one who seeks to be an angel of light uh, who will disrupt and twist and uh, confuse us. God speaks to us through His living Word. It's unique. And that brings me to uh, the second point, which is not as the divine inspirer of Scripture, but He's the divine revealer of truth. Corey this morning was speaking uh, about assurance, and he mentioned uh, the fact 
that uh, there are ways that we can be assured that we're Christians, and that's a great theme, a great topic, and we'll maybe say more about the assurance of the Spirit uh, at another time. And we'll also say more about the critical need for the Holy Spirit in our rebirth, in our coming to faith in Jesus Christ. Um, but I want us to focus a little bit on the fact that uh, not only does He inspire Scripture for us as Christians when we become Christians through His power, but He continues to illuminate Scripture to be the light that we need to understand Scripture. And He testifies with our own spirit. There's an internal work that goes on of God, um, and that is a, a, an ongoing work where He applies what Jesus has accomplished. He assures us, we spoke about assurance this morning, He assures us that it's the Word of God. For example, you could, we could have a couple of people come to, I could have one of you down here as a Christian, and you could sit down there, and you could have another person beside you who's not a Christian, and you could both read the crucifixion story together. There's no difference between these two people intellectually, or maybe in age, or uh, even culture and background. One of them doesn't believe it, and one of them as a Christian clearly does. And the difference is the work of the Holy Spirit in that person. He enables us to see things differently. He illuminates, illuminates Scripture for us. And so, His work is not simply to inspire uh, the Word of God itself, but He is the one who reveals God to us, primarily reveals God. Remember, we've been talking about that. Uh, from First John, that fellowship with God is kind of the aim of our lives, to just know, know God and to love Him and serve Him. Well, He reveals God to us. 1 Corinthians 2, we read that. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things of God is prepared for those who love Him. These are the things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. It's impossible for us to know God, to be in relationship with God, to trust our lives to God, to love Him without the work of the Spirit in our hearts. We need Him to uh, reveal to us the deep things of God, tremendously significant. It's never simply uh, an intellectual truth or knowledge that we have of God. We need the person of God and the person of the Holy Spirit to be in us, illuminating testifying, bringing it to life, and making us say, yes, that absolutely. I believe that, and I'm entrusting my life to Him. If, it's, if we only have the Bible alone, and we're reading it uh, kind of simply intellectually, then uh, it, it's a dead word to us. And I think sometimes there's a danger of us falling into deadness, even as believers, uh, and failing to recognize and see uh, that it is the Spirit alone who will take us into the deep things of God, who will reveal to us, who will help us to search all things and to know God uh, and to deepen our relationship with Him as our uh, Father and as our King and as our Lord. So, He reveals God. He reveals by bringing light. He inspires and brings life to it, but He reveals by bringing light. And He not only teaches, 
and reveals God to us, but He teaches us God's truth. Now, if you do have time this evening or some other time, read John 14 to 16. It speaks a lot about the work of the Holy Spirit. And one of the things Jesus says in John 14, uh, 26, is the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, Trinitarian call again, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And that takes us back to the original passage in 2 Timothy, where the, the Word of God is Scripture, is breathed out and is able to teach us and rebuke us and correct us and train us in righteousness. Because that's, that's what the Word of God does as the Holy Spirit works with us and works through us to help us understand more clearly. So when we open the Word as believers, the great thing to remember as we open the Word is that the Spirit of God is with us, that we're not alone, in other words, that God is with us as we open the Word. He is in us, and He's with us forever. It's a powerful reality, and His work is to reveal God and to teach us wisdom for living, to understand ourselves. Um, that's why the Bible, I think, is called the mirror of Scripture, because it reveals ourselves. It reveals what we are like, uh, exposes uh, and challenges and transforms us. So, we find out and understand much more about ourselves as we, we cooperate with the Spirit and as we recognize Him as our teacher. And, of course, He works through others, of course. Uh, and we will see that the Spirit of God it will enable us to learn what to do. He will guide us. He will, he will show us what to say. He will give us the wisdom we need, and He will move us towards peace, shalom, even in the hardest of circumstances, enable us to be unafraid and strong uh, when we feel weak, uh, and open up true life to us uh, and the blessings and joy that it brings. So, we see the two things there that uh, the Holy Spirit uh, is the revealer. He, he's the inspirer of the Bible. He's the one that brings it alive. Uh, it's a living Word for us. And He's also the one who uh, takes His living Word and teaches us and guides us and leads us. So, I think in closing, the implications of that for me are a, a, a twofold at least, and, and I'm sure many more. The first is to know, to understand how much you are loved by God. It's kind of as it were, it's as if the Holy Spirit is assigned to you as a specific role. He's assigned to God's people. He's, he's been given the role of, of revealing God to us in His Word, to inspire uh, the writers, so that they bring to us what we need to hear from the living God. And he, and, you know, Jesus goes back to the Father and he sends the Holy Spirit to us. He is given, that's how much God loves us, that he gives us himself, of course, in the person of the Holy Spirit. Uh, he has this assigned role to enable us to live our Christian lives. 
Now, he's a God is spirit, and the spirit of God is in, invisible to us, and we often think, we often think we're alone, I think, as Christians. But it couldn't be further from the truth that we are indwelt and we are befriended, and the specific role of the Holy Spirit is for His people, is for you and for me. Um, and I think that's important and significant. There's, of all the of all, the, of, of all the persons in the Godhead, in many ways, the Holy Spirit is the most intimate to us. And we, I don't think we often think that. We mostly think of Jesus as the closest, most, if we can, I'm not sure if it's right to talk in these terms, but um, we often think of Jesus as, as the one, or even sometimes God the Father. And the Spirit seems a little bit ethereal and a little bit wispy, and a little bit impersonal maybe. Some of us maybe have grown, grown up hearing it called the Holy Ghost, and maybe that's just, there's a bit scary about that as well. But yet in a sense, the Holy Spirit is the most intimately close person of the Godhead to us, if we can talk that way, in His role at least, specifically for us. And also the other implication surely is for us uh, to have a, a tremendously strong and dependent life of prayer in dependence on the Holy Spirit. When we come to Scripture, that we pray God's Spirit to illumine and to enlighten us. We pray for wisdom as we live our lives. Uh, we pray each time we come to church that God will use His Word, that will become an, an inspired and powerful time together that we, we simply live lives of dependent prayer. Don't depend on your knowledge. Don't depend on your intelligence. Depend on the Holy Spirit and show that by a life of prayer. May that be true of each of us as we learn a bit more about the Spirit as the inspirer, the divine author of Scripture, and uh, the divine revealer of truth for us. Let's pray. Father God, help us to know you better. Help us to thank you for the Holy Spirit's work. Thank you for this, this great Word, the Bible, the complete revelation of God, for all we need to know for life and for uh, salvation. Thank you for its wisdom, for its living relevance. Uh, may it become the bedrock of our lives as it reveals the Word Himself, Jesus, and as the Spirit uh, takes that revelation and applies it to our hearts. Thank you for the intimate work of your Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, we thank you this evening for what you do for us, for your incredible patience and interest in our lives, for your gentle, powerful teaching, uh, for the way you lead us and keep us. And in many ways, maybe in a million ways we don't know, Keep us from danger and from error and schism and failure. And yet we give thanks and rejoice that you continue with us and are committed to us in your role as the teacher uh, and as the comforter, as the one who comes alongside. And we pray that you would continue to help us understand the living God more and more in our lives. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.